All right, folks, welcome to Nothing is OB, South Texas Golf Podcast, episode number 42. Today I have a really, really important, super special guest tonight. I know a lot of people have chirped about him uh, with him being part of the Alamo City Golf Trail. I have Ruben Caraveo on. He is the director of marketing for the Alamo City Golf Trail here in San Antonio, Texas. Now, Ruben has been with the trail for about two years. He's an avid golfer, and you probably see his face at any of the big trail events, tournaments. You see him there. He's lurking in the shadows, taking score, doing whatever the trail really needs him to do. Uh, If you've seen any of the almost basin golf course post, that's your man. He's the one that's responsible behind all their promotions, behind all the social media. Hey, Ruben, thanks for joining the show tonight. Uh, Thanks for having me. All right. Now, why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself? Uh, I know your role as the marketing director, but why don't you tell right. us just a little bit about your personal life as well? Uh, let's see. I've uh, been here in San Antonio for about 20 years. Uh, I've been a heavy golfer, primarily on the uh, the trail courses, the municipal courses. Uh, that's not to say that I haven't played a lot of the other courses that are around here in town, but my primary uh, play has been on the city courses for probably the last 15 to 16 years. Uh, I was a diehard member for a lot of years. So I played a couple hundred times a year uh, and uh, knew a lot of the trail employees before I decided uh, to see if I could get a job in the golfing business. So, well, I'm going to tell you, uh, I'd like to think within these, you say these two years that you've been with the trail, I like to think within the past year, I like to think that it seems like your the marketing presence or the outreach presence has actually been a lot more like I guess irrelevant and been more uh, the posts have been more you know more on a regular basis and I think it, right. I think I like to think uh, I guess you're the man behind all of that. Yeah, you you kind of took off my uh, my 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 cape there. I was hiding <laughs> behind the scenes, so you pulled the curtain back. But yeah, it's 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 primarily me, and I you know I think about it. Uh, I'm a I'm a customer first, and I'm always thinking like you know what information I like to see. So I try to get as info, as much information out as possible, as consistent as possible. You know we don't want a whole lot of surprises. Uh, you know uh, as a as a customer in the past, uh, it wasn't really important to me that I know like what the conditions were to you know I was going to expect when I got there if there's going to be over you know. They're going to be overseeding the greens or uh, punching the greens or something like that. It's good to know those things. So I, I, I totally, I totally agree with you. Uh, I was on one of those customers. Uh, I, I've been a bartender. I've been a server. I'm, at, I'm currently a school teacher and coach. And so I always like to pay attention to those little details. And so I'm one of these people that I go into a restaurant and I'm, I'm starting to take notes like quick as soon as I walk into a place. Sure. Yeah. Everything I try and do is from the perspective of the customer. I want, you know, the men, them to be as informed as possible. Now with being only with the trail for two years, what really got you into this game of golf? Um, you know, to be honest, you know, I, I actually bumped into Jim Roshak, which is uh, Andrew Peterson's predecessor. I was a CEO and president. And um, we had a discussion about, you know, things that were going on in the trail. This was probably maybe four years ago. And uh, you know, I'd always told him that, you know, I play a lot of golf and I'd be really interested in seeing what I can do and what I could bring to the table. Uh, you know, I'm very analytical. My, my background is telecommunications. I've been a, uh, on the operations and engineering side for 25 years before I started the golf business. So I'm a data analytics programming, you know, like the, the new website I, I did myself 
Um, so I just want to bring all my skill set and do something I, I had a, you know, a passion for, which is golf. So. Well, I like I like to think you you've really done a good job with the uh, with the website and stuff because I think I think people are constantly looking for uh, you know for answers for things for links to click on and I know before it was kind of kind of like my website my website is made by a forty one year old man who wasn't you know who's not trained in any type of technology or anything and uh, right. you know so it's it's kind of basic it's kind of hey you see what you see is what you get. Now, when people are looking for courses and looking for uh, training or tips or anything, you do have right. a lot of links that I think have has actually catered more and you get people searching and digging more through your site. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's really about the you know, search engine optimization. You know, the more information you have on your site, the bigger your site, uh, the more it will come up in, in, in search, you know, when you're searching on Google, but you know, beyond that, we want the, the site to be a kind of a destination, uh, kind of a catch all, uh, tips, uh, upcoming events, uh, information, pricing, as much information as possible. We want a one-stop shop. And so that's what I'm trying to build and it's growing and it takes a lot of work, but uh, I think it's worth it in the long run. Now in your personal life, are you married? Do you have any kids, anything? Yeah, no, I'm married uh, with uh, two kids. Uh, I've got uh, boy, girl twins are both uh, 19. So I kind of lucked out uh, one shot and I was done. <laughs> uh, so, so we're not sitting here trying to get, you know, uh, another kid or something like that. But you know, you got me beat. You're 41. I'm, I'm 52. So, uh, uh, but you yeah, look great, man. You look great, man. Hopefully I look that yeah. age. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Well, okay. You're a good so, liar. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I got my wife somehow or another, right. You know, so it worked, it worked a few times. It worked good. Now, uh, working these, working these long hours, because I know you just told me that you had just recently got home and I'm like, shoot, you've been burning the midnight oil all day. And I know you have a lot of things going on in the trail right now. What are some of the things that are going on currently in the trail right now? What are some of your big projects? Well, obviously almost basin is, is gigantic. Um, and then the added pressure that that's putting on the other courses, uh, the course has never been busier when you add in the COVID effect. Uh, but when we have one of eight of our facilities closed, you know, the, the traffic has gone someplace and all the other courses are benefiting from that, but it's, it's a blessing and a curse, but, uh, almost is the biggest thing that's going on. Um, and, uh, that encompasses a lot of stuff. Uh, the agronomy team that was there, uh, before in maintaining the course, the maintenance crew is doing a lot of cleanup. There's a lot of, uh, debris that's being removed. Um, and I think it's going to be spectacular when it's done. I mean, we're trying to get as much pictures and information out as possible, but, it really is difficult to show uh, just in pictures, either, even with the drone footage that we're, uh, we're getting, you really can't get the scale of, uh, of some of these things. It's, it's really impressive. You see it in person. Well, I have, I have a good amount of people on here commenting about the improvements. So I got Michael Sanchez right here excited with the ongoing improvements. Can't wait to play almost. Yeah. I think, I think one of the biggest things with the almost, and, and you know, uh, there's a, a misconception that we're making the course, so much more difficult with a lot of the bunkers, you know, um, I took an opportunity to photograph, uh, the course the day that we closed and, uh, it never really occurred to me. There's not a, there wasn't a single fairway bunker that on that entire course. And, uh, that's an unusual statement. I think, uh, in general that, you know, there was a lot of uh, areas where you can run a ball up and things like that. And some of those things have been taken away. However, the, 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 the build out, you'll see that there's a, a group of five tee boxes now 
the longer tees will, uh, the back tees will play longer. It's going to be just around 7,000 yards when it's done. Mm. But, but the forward tees will be shorter than they've ever been. So if you are smart and you choose the right tee boxes, you'll have a real fun time. And it's, uh, it's going to be pretty picturesque. A lot of uh, uh, bunkers to clear and things like that. But you'll have the ability to because the tee boxes will be moved up significantly. If you looked at the as a perfect example of beyond hole number 16, there's now a tee box on the other side of the, of the, of the creek there uh, where there wasn't before. Yeah, I do like that. And then I did ask you previous. I asked you prior to, I said, what was your favorite hole? And so I've got the picture of the redesign of hole 14, right? You said right. hole 14 was your favorite. Yes. And I, said, I was like, man, that's the hole I hate the most. 14, <laughs> uh, 14 previously was that short or that long challenging par three that right. was right by the close to the freeway, right? Close to 281. All right. Yes. So here, so here is the remake of it, uh, right here. You have the remake of it and, uh, it's added now. It's going to be a short par four, correct? Right. It's trial for the longer guys. You know, I probably won't, it will probably won't change anything of what I hit off the tee box, you know, a long iron, a four or five iron. Uh, this time you want to have that bunker uh, staring you right in the face. Uh, you know, I think a good score there before was a, uh, was a bogey. Bogey. Yeah, I, I, hell yeah. I, I played that course uh, many times in tournaments and uh, the closest the pin was not to be found because nobody hit the green. It, so. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Cause just when you think you have a good shot and I would always, uh, when I play there, I'd always go like three hybrid because from where we'd be playing, it was kind of like maybe like 189, 192 uh, from the right. tee boxes where we're playing at. And, you know, I think you hit a good shot. Next thing you know, you caught the top of that lip of that bunker and rolled <laughs> right. right underneath. Yeah, no, definitely Uh risk reward on that one. I think the bailout there before was to the right. So you had a chip. But even that was difficult to get up and down for par. Yeah, it was it was a tall it was a tall it was a tall lip, and I know when anybody had par there, uh, they left feeling like a million bucks because par, like you said, bogey's good, and then but par felt like a birdie there. Yeah, you know another thing with that hole that's going to be uh, different going forward is uh, the maintenance crew has cleaned out that entire uh, riverway or the creek onto the left of the hole, and. Uh, it's unrecognizable at this point. I, I have some pictures I haven't posted up yet, uh, but uh, that hole will look significantly different than it than it does uh, before if you if you can picture it. Well, I'm going to tell you one of the big questions I had for you, and I know several other people on the show had asked me why are they doing these re- remodels and uh, you know upgrades to almost. And one of the things that I would I was continually wondering about is. Uh, are y'all in any of these remodels? Is it helping, uh, I guess, the flooding and the drainage that continually may occur there in that? Because I know almost is in a flood zone. Correct. Yeah, it's almost basin. I mean, it literally is the <laughs> flood zone. Um, if you look at, you know, I, I think the the starting process when we redid hole number two last year, um, you know, that, that was a hole that was basically too close to the trees. It couldn't get enough sunlight, couldn't get enough wind. It would stay wet and uh, never, never held its shape. Uh, so when we moved that, uh, we used a, um, a better Billy, better, better Billy bunker system. That's a mouthful. <laughs> uh, that basically it's, it's, uh, it's, it's drainage with, um, uh, basically a, a gravel on top with a polymer spray on it mm-hmm. to make it into a hard, hard uh, surface and the sands on top of that. So it actually drains. But and like I said, going back to what we did with number two, it's uh, USGA spec uh, grains and bunkers. 
And if you played it since, it doesn't look like anything else on the course. Uh, it trains better. The, the uh, bunkers have stayed sand. Uh, and the grass that we're using, Latitude 36, is much more hardy and is actually green right now. If you, if you went by and looked at number two, it still looks green and lush. It looks like it's been overseeded, but it hasn't. So that See, I'd, I'd want to, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, yeah, I work, I work right around the corner. And so like, you understand it's like, uh, it's like going to a buffet and not being able to eat because I'm continually <laughs> passing, passing by McCullough, passing by Bassey. And I'm just right. like, I'm just, I'm just chomping at the bit. That's how I always am because it's right down the street from my work. <laughs> I understand. Uh, every time I go by and uh, take some pictures of what's going on, I somehow find golf balls out there. I don't know how they get there. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, somebody's <laughs> taking a walk uh, with the club in their hand. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's, it is it is really something, you know, like I said, if you look at number two, that was really, I think, the impetus. And the, the designer and the, um, that uh, sign number two is doing the rest of the course. And all the, all the infrastructure things that were done on number two is going to be redone throughout the uh, rest of the facility. And I think it's going to be a, a premier, uh, you know, golf destination here in town. I think it's going to be one of, one of the better courses around let alone on the trail uh, i i totally agree with you it was already one of my favorite spots and then right here you have anthony Hinojosa. can't wait to get back out to almost once it opens back up drive by daily and following the progress oh yeah and i'm just like today i'm driving by at lunchtime it's like 12 30 and i'm like no one's working on the damn course i see i see all the i see all the you know the bulldozers the you know i see all the everything and i said where are the guys i said where are the, where are the damn guys they need to get this damn place opened up already <laughs> Well, they're actually making pretty good progress. You know, they're working uh, about 12-hour days, uh, six days a week. Um, they're based out of Houston, uh, a company called uh, VM Golf Services. Uh, but they're plugging away, and uh, they basically have – they're moving out here and, and living here in San Antonio while they work on this project. But uh, they're real artists. I mean, you know, you're looking at a pile of dirt one day, and you come back the next, and it's all shaped out, and you can really see where the green's going to be, where the bunkers are going to be, uh, where the runoff's going to be. It's going to be – pretty interesting when it's all done well as we as we talk about almost and almost being one of your biggest projects um, i think you have a lot of it, it seems like it's putting a lot of strain on your other courses would you say that's correct oh there's no doubt about it you know um we have uh you know as a level two member in our players club uh, they get eight day tea times and we get in the number of complaints that they can't make tea times and uh it's just that much more people on less courses so, you know, you add in COVID, you add in the, you know, the large number of members that we've gotten in the last year. And um, it's pretty tight. You know, t you know, if I look at the T-sheet for next week, it's booked from uh, open to three o'clock before there's an open tea time. Now, and one thing is being a, di a diehard golfer like I am and why I started this show is, right. is, you know, guys like me, we love and guys like us love, uh, you know, sundown golf. Uh, you know, a, a late night nine, a back nine. Right. And, and it seems like uh, we can't have that anymore with how <laughs> as, as packed as the courses are, you know, you can't just go out there in a cart and maybe try to blaze through uh, nine holes and maybe like an hour and change. And, you know, just because there's a lot of people right now, it seems like this is just, there's such a boom of golf right now because it seems like it is one of the most popular and safest things where people actually feel comfortable going out to do, you know, outside of their homes and work. Yeah, no, I think it's been, it's been really exciting. I mean, you know, speaking selfishly, I work at Brack, so I, I get to look outside and, and uh, see it looks beautiful. Dog. I want to get out there <laughs> and I leave my office at, you know, five, five thirty, and I can't get on, you know, I'll walk maybe three holes. I'll walk one, two and three and get to the, 
get to the car and go. But, you know, it's, it is busy even in, in the evening, but it's exciting to see, you know, uh, there's a lot of new people, a lot of returning golfers. Um, and then we have, you know, our consistent, uh, committed players that play on a regular basis, but they have to contend with all these new guys. I got some good questions here. Uh, Sergio, this is one of this is something that I've been curious on because I know it's been several things on the other side of the clubhouse at almost is the clubhouse grill bar being updated at almost because I know previously, or I'm not too sure now that you were renting out that space, I guess, like as a workout facility for like another golf coach or something like that. Yeah. Craig Brown, he, uh, runs a, a golf fitness uh, facility in that area that used to be the grill many, many years ago. Uh, I don't think a grill is going to be in the plans, but we are going to be redoing some, some portions of the clubhouse. I'll save that, uh, when we get some, uh, you know, uh, artist renderings of what the expected, uh, uh, clubhouse will be looking like, but, uh, we're going to update that as well. That's, that's desperately neat. We can't have this fantastic course with an old, uh, clubhouse. So we're going to do something about that for sure. Now, uh, I got Ray because I'm trying to look at several things here again, uh, just for some reason, they only show a certain amount of comments on my screen right here that, right. that we're streaming from. And then I'm looking at comments from my iPad and my iPhone. Uh, I got Ray Garza. I'm sure you know Ray really well. Yes. Um, Ray Garza. Yeah, Ray. One of the hardest working guys I know. Great job, Ruben. Who's he talking about? You? Yeah, he's talking about you. He's talking about you. I, I love Ray. I had Ray on the show. Ray was number Ray and uh, his lead instructor AJ. They were on the show. They were episode eighteen. Yeah. Uh, Ray does some great things with the game of golf, and he's a great ambassador. And I'm so I'm so happy. I'm so happy. You understand? Like when y'all partnered up, and when he got to mission, and now. Uh, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for him to get out to Cedar, but I, I'm, I'm so happy that, that y'all made that partnership happen because Ray is just a solid guy. And, uh, he is, he, he's such a people person. He's such a great communicator. And, uh, I'm so happy for what he's done in mission. Cause I think he's brought in a lot of business. I think he's revitalized yes. that area. And I remember there was nothing in that area. I remember I, I've been a member uh, or not a member, but I've been playing at mission since, on Ray's side where that was the clubhouse, that was the pro shop. Right. Yeah. No, that's been a long time. You know, uh, no, you're right. Ray is a fantastic human being and, uh, you know, he's doing a great job, uh, with on par down there at mission. And, uh, I'm sure he's, he's part of a, you know, the success of that, that course is seen, you know, that and Clint, Clinton Bach and, uh, Dean are, uh, head agronomies down there. They're doing a great job. I mean, the course has never looked better. I, I, totally, to I totally agree with you. I, I, I totally agree with you. And I hate it. It sucks sometimes because I know we had went out there uh, several times and we like to play in uh, the skins games that, that they've had on Fridays, you know, for the on par right. skins games, which is just really, it's not skins games for us. It's more like donation games because we, <laughs> we just go there. And we just familiar with that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it, it, it ticks me off when I see uh, courses like Mission and Cedar get run by by hogs, you know, where they got those feral hogs out there right. and they run through them. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, that drives me nuts. And you know what? I'm sure that has to do some crazy things for y'all as well. Yeah. And no, we, we actually uh, uh, hire a, a hunter, basically, that goes out there and, and catches these hogs. Um, but, you know, one of the things specifically with Mission and even Cedar to some extent you know, the, the homes that are being built around there are pushing the hogs into a different area. So they're moving a little bit more uh, south and west of the course, more toward Mitchell Lake. Uh, so we're not seeing quite as many as we were before. And that's going to continue. I don't know if you've seen uh, recently, uh, when you walk into the course, you can't, 
you used to be able to see just nothing but trees and now it's yeah. wide open fields. So uh, the, the, the growth down there has been incredible and uh, that's going to probably rid ourselves of, of that issue. Well, I got another, I got a, a good comment right here. I have uh, Arnold Garcia just got my membership. Don't know why I waited so long. Best investment. Totally Thank agree. Welcome Arnold. Yeah, no, I, you know, we, um, I think we do an incredible job. You know, I'm from California and, uh, golf, even when I left 20 years ago was, uh, more expensive than it is here now. Uh, so I think, um, you know, maybe, uh, I don't want to say we're spoiled here in San Antonio, but I really think bang for buck, you really can't go wrong, especially if you got one of our memberships. I totally agree with you there. Uh, I'm, I'm a member and cause I work down the street from San, San Pedro. I'm right down the street from almost. So it ticks me off when my dad and uncles come to town or my friends say, Hey, can you meet us at almost? And I'm like, shoot, I am like, I'm just on the other side. My school's right off of Oblate in San Pedro. And so I'm like, no, I can't meet you jerks. You know, <laughs> like I can wave at you. I can drive by, I can drive by at the light on Bassie and McCullough and I can wave at you. Right. And, uh, I, I do think, that that's that's another one of the reasons why I started this podcast is trying to really prove to people and kind of de- debunk the whole myth that San Antonio isn't a golf destination because I truly think we are. We have tons of courses and I know the trail y'all have almost every type of course that uh, the different type of terrains are here in the city, the hill country. Uh, I mean, because right. you're on the outskirts with Mission, you're deep in the heart, uh, right in downtown with uh, the oldest golf course in Texas, the oldest public golf course in Texas at Breckenridge Park. And then you have, uh, you know, mountains, you have some hills, you have real scenic views at Cedar. And so, you know, we have a little bit, uh, we have a little bit of everything within the trail. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. You know, um, when somebody asks me, you know, uh, which course do they play? I really tell that when I ask, you know, what kind of, what kind of play do you like? You like a lot of undulation. You like a lot of elevation changes. Do you like something flat? Do you want to walk? Uh, so there's a lot of questions and people are usually surprised because typically, you know, uh, municipal courses, unless you're talking about me like San Diego, who's got like, you know, Torrey Pines or something, you know, it's relatively flat park, like, uh, really like almost, uh, but even today, you know, something right out of the fifties. Uh, basically a cow pasture that they turned into a golf course. And, um, you know, that's definitely not the case here. You look at Cedar. I remember the first time I played Cedar almost 20 years ago, I could not believe it was a city course. It was just shocking to me. You know, uh, it was incredibly difficult and um, it was picturesque. This is obviously before a lot of those homes were built, but uh, it was something else. And uh, I still, it's one of my favorite courses. I, I totally agree. And I think it's one of the tougher ones. Cause I know with, with Cedar being, uh, I know uh, in previous years being a, a, a U.S. qualifying uh, course. Right. And uh, I know they just recently had, y'all just recently had the, the men's open there, right? If I'm not mistaken, uh, yeah. you had the men's open there, the San Antonio open there. And it's a very tough course, very tough track. Now in moving into that area um, with Cedar, I was, I recently played there last Friday now, okay. um, when talking about one of the big issues that has come up within the golfers and with the Alamo Trail is the flag system, the flagging system. All right. Yes. <laughs> now, now, as we were there, I know it wasn't, I guess, uh, officially uh, that it was going to be implemented, but I know we saw some people coming around and we had, we were on hole two, we were on the green of hole two, and a guy came by and he gave us this flag right here. Aha. Uh-huh. And and we're, and we're over here like there's the yellow flag and we're looking like, 
we don't know. What do you want us to do? We're, we're on the green. We're on the green at on hole two. Uh, the guys right. are waiting on the tee box. The, the group in front of us is waiting on the tee box at hole three. And so I'm just like, I don't know. Does that mean we're going at a good place or we need to slow down? What does that mean? Well, I mean, basically it's green, yellow, and red. Uh, green means you're on pace and you're doing a good job. Uh, yellow is you're falling a little bit behind and you need to pick up the pace. And then red uh, is, okay, you need to pick up your ball and move to the next hole, let the group behind you play through. Then that's probably going to require some interaction uh, between, uh, you know, the golfer and the, and the marshal at that point. Um, but, you know, I, this is really a system to kind of indicate to people, walkers and riders alike, that with the, at least with the riders, they have the ability to see the, uh, the GPS units to get an idea where they are on pace of play. But with walkers, they really don't know. But, you know, we see a lot of groups that fall behind where they're basically not keeping up with the group in front of them. And I think that's the, the primary focus to get people to get a little tighter so we don't have large gaps. Because it's, it's just like uh, traffic on the freeway. We have one group and then it just stacks up and it's a domino effect going backwards. Uh, so, you know, it was really implemented to make sure we can communicate with the, with the uh, golfers without interrupting their game to have a conversation with them. That's just going to add more time to the situation. Um, but you know, it's a concerted effort, you know, from the starter to the course manager who's monitoring the pace of play in the clubhouse and, um, the communication of the marshal with, with the actual individual, uh, customers. But beside that, you know, we really want to make sure that the customers are aware that, you know, we take pace of play seriously. Uh, we want everybody to have a good time. That's the whole point. I mean, this is, we're in the hospitality business, you know, people don't have to golf. You know, uh, so it's a choice that they've made and, you know, we want them to enjoy their time and uh, pace of play has become more and more difficult with a lot of new cut, new golfers, a lot of golfers that don't really know a lot of etiquette. And, you know, I, I think of a couple of things right off the bat that would probably help quite a bit. If uh, any of your listeners pay attention, you know, mulligans are going to take time, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. if, if, if you, if you're, if you're, if your next shot is going to be for an eight, why don't you just pick up and go to the next hole? You know? So a lot of times, you know, I, you know, I, I watch a lot of golfers and uh, I see three or four off the first tee box, you know, that, that just adds a whole lot of time. So if people are really, you know, uh, aware of their surroundings and aware of, you know, watching the guy that's in the stand in the middle of the fairway with his, his arm on his hip. I mean, that's a, that's a consummate, I'm waiting for you to hit kind of move. Um, or, but, you know, uh, right, or yeah. picking their hands up, like, come on, yeah. like, come on. Or yeah. So, I mean, it's everybody that complains about pace to play, if they could help us as well, uh, make sure everybody in their group is keeping pace, you know, uh, if they're riding together in a cart, you know, instead of two guys riding over to one car, one ball to watch him hit. And then the other guy goes and they jump in the cart and go to the other ball, you know, they can grab clubs and walk and uh, save time, but really just keeping up with the group in front of you is the most important thing. Uh, you know, so that the flag, flag system is a way to communicate at a distance without a whole lot of um, uh, hands-on interaction, get people upset. They can get an idea where they are. I, I totally agree in that sense, especially now that you have a lot of new golfers out there that maybe not that don't know the etiquette of the rules and things of that right. nature. It helps them to, Hey, you know, you got to pick it up. Uh, like my buddies and I, we had our, our first round of the year was, was January 1st and we're playing out at Canyon Springs. And one of my buddies has his phone and he's got his app 
I'm like, what are you doing, bro? I got my app. I have my app right here. I have my app. I said, well, hey, okay, you know what? We're, we're 150. We're about 150 out. Take the two clubs you need. You want to check your phone, check your phone, and hey, make your decision right, right here. But but he's going out, checking his app. Then he's going to his bag, and then he's going back. And I'm just like, sure. it's, it's driving me nuts. And I'm telling him, and I'm like, I said, hey, bro, <laughs> it's my boy, Rudy. Rudy Mendez, if you're watching, please know I'm talking about you. And Jeremiah and Jake know from, from that round. And he said, he's like, and you know, uh, Canyon Springs is a pretty penny. He goes, Hey, I paid $90 for my round of golf and I'm going to get my $90 worth of golf. And I'm like, it has nothing to do with that. It's just, <laughs> it's just Hey, it's just ready golf. This is what ready golf means. You know, right. being ready to hit when, when you, you, there's an opportunity, when there's an opening, whether you're out of turn, right. if no one's in your line of sight, Hey, let's go and let's move on. Yeah, I, I, I think um, you're right. You know, there's so many new golfers. They really don't understand, like, you know, waving a group up on a par three or, or something along those lines. Um, I think, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the golfers are looking for the golf staff to manage pace of play 100% when a lot of the responsibility does fall on the golfer uh, to, you know, keep up with the group in front of them. You know, don't hit four balls when you, you're hitting them all out of bounds. You know, uh, play the right tees, which is probably one of the, most important things, you know, I see a lot of guys that are playing the tips at uh, Mission Del Lago or uh, Cedar Creek, and, you know, they'd be happy to hit a 200 yards off the tee box. <laughs> you know, um, I tell the story a lot. There was a golf course in California uh, that the guy would watch your swing and then tell you where to play. And that would be it. It's like you, I need to go, you to go to the white tees, you to go to the blue tees. And uh, that was it. That was the end of discussion. It was almost like the suit knots, you know, <laughs> he would just kind of like throw down the law and that was really how it went. But that's how they really, you know, establish a piece of play. People don't really understand, you know, it's supposed to be fun. You will, you'll probably enjoy yourself if you move up. You know, I think a lot of players, other than if you, if you disregard uh, uh, Brackerins because it is relatively short in distance, but like it almost opens up. I think a lot of people will probably enjoy the whites or yellow tees versus the blues any day of the week. They'd enjoy the round. They'd have uh, um, uh, a little bit more fun. Their scores will be better, you know. Um, and there's just a lot of people with a lot of ego out there that, uh, you know, probably would do better by moving themselves up one tee box. I like this comment, Mark Trevino. So no more breakfast balls. <laughs> Uh, if you keep it to one, see there. Okay, hey, you heard <laughs> Only it on the, the first team. You heard it from the man right there. There, yeah, and I and I totally agree <laughs> because some people like to say, "Oh, hey, we get a mulligan on the front, mulligan on the back," and I'm like, "No, you know, hey, you get a breakfast ball, or depending on when the tea time is, if you're playing like at eleven thirty, twelve, hey, it's a brunch ball, you know." So, yeah, get, you get I, one off I, the I first have, tee. I have some friends that get one mulligan per hole, and that adds to a long. long Damn. Round. Okay, so so, so <laughs> you're part of the reason why why y'all came. Oh up no, with no, this no, no, no. This is this is a year ago. This is years ago. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean that kind of stuff. It does add a lot of time. You know, I don't think people really you know uh, notice that they think it's quick, but it's really not. It adds up over you know eighteen holes. So. All right. My buddy Hutch, Albert Hutchins said, I played almost for the first time this year before it closed. It was a great course. Can't imagine it getting tougher. Excited for the new course. And um, we all we all are. And like I stated, uh, it, it seems like as I drive by there, I always like to replay these holes. And now I'm looking at, you know, seeing it torn up. Uh, I'm looking at hole five and it's always right by the railroad tracks, that part three. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that whenever I'm about to hit my damn ball, that damn railroad tracks, the train always freaking 
goes right by as I'm right yeah. about to hit. And luckily enough, I rely on my ADD to help me out because <laughs> I have trouble focusing. And so I, I'm really good at blocking out everything because wow. it, I was like, golf is the one thing where I can just really focus, uh, you know, because everything else, all my buddies talking trash, you know, uh, you know, all the shenanigans going on outside. I was like, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at blocking it all out just because, you know, I, I have great. trouble focusing. I have trouble focusing. No, that's what golf has been for me for years. It's just kind of that moment of Zen, you know, a little time just to relax and just be yourself for a little bit. That's awesome. Did Tiger Woods dad raise you by (laughs) throwing clubs down or, (laughs) Uh, you know what? I just, I recently, uh, on a, on a golf trip to Houston and it, I just recently uh, read or listened to his, his book, right? Tiger Woods, a new one by Armin Kateam. And it was 15 hours long. And so it was perfect because it took, it just, it seemed like my trip to Houston back uh, going over there and and back was nothing because it was so interesting. It was so intriguing. And, you know, it just really, you got a lot of, uh, I guess, just like of how tough his dad was, but then also of how cold blooded the mom was. I didn't know, like the mom was, was even more cold blooded. Like, no tiger, you go for the throat, you go for the jugular, you know? And I'm just like, like, damn, like, that's why this guy was a cold, <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's, it's mama cub, you know, like, like she's right. taking care of her little cub, you know, like, Hey, like this guy's cold blooded. It was because of the mama, you know, and like, not because of the dad. Yeah. Yeah. I watched that, uh, that documentary with tiger and that was a little surprising to me as well. I didn't know his mom was the one that was really tough. You what know, you- we hear all the stories about his dad. What'd you think? What'd you think of that documentary? Cause there's, it's so funny listening to, to journalists, listening to people who are trying to be journalists and seeing, uh, I got, you got the sides where, uh, it was, it was so negative. And then you got the sides that it wasn't even really about golf. What were your thoughts about that documentary that HBO had? Uh, you know, <sighs> let me think about this for a second. You know, I, I think the first episode, um, uh, wasn't so bad. You know, there's a lot of information I kind of knew. Maybe some of the details weren't as uh, specific. You had a general idea about his dad and philandering and things like that. Uh, but the second episode with, um, I think it was the National uh, Enquirer guy, really put some slime and sleaze to it. It, it kind of, uh, it made me really kind of sad, to be honest with you. Uh, the, but you know, at the end of the second episode, they, they kind of, you know, uh, talked about him uh, coming back uh, at the Masters and, I've always been a Tiger fan, you know, if, if Tiger's playing, I definitely want to watch. And I don't think this really changed my idea of him. I actually felt uh, a little bit more personal connection with him. Maybe I think, uh, he seemed more human for sure. And it makes a little bit more sense of why he is the way he is. And, um, it's, uh, kind of depressing in a way, but you know, you, you kind of get it now. You know, I think, uh, it was a little eye opening from that standpoint, made him more human for sure. I listened to uh, the, a podcast that they were interviewing the, the, the co-directors of it, and it kind of pained me in a lot of, I guess, um, valid, uh, I guess, like, I say validity. I don't I know I'm not saying the word correctly, but uh, like they both said that they didn't really golf, that they weren't really golfers. And so I'm over here like this. <laughs> you know, and, and it just, you know, to be a golfer, uh, like you, like you stated a little while ago, it's just having those Zen moments when you're out there, when it's just you trying to get out of a tough situation or, you know, feeling a proud moment where you, you sank a putt, uh, right. you know, you got up and down and, you know, or you were just grinding it out. You just grinding it out and you didn't shoot your best, but you still scored decently. And I think 
I think maybe that's what the, the documentary was missing was kind of missing that golfer touch where people like, you know, we, we go through the struggles. It's a, it's a lot of highs and a lot of lows. True. For sure. You know, and I, I think that's why the, the audience that probably watch it, if they are golfers probably got, took a, diff, a whole different take. I think, imagine if my wife watched it probably, Oh, he's such a bad person or, you know, how can you do that to his wife? And I'm sitting there thinking from a golfer's perspective, like, wow, that's pretty, how did the guy perform with all that stuff going on in the background? You know, it's amazing. Um, and, I, you know, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I kind of, and, and envious a little bit that he was able to carpet, you know, carpet uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. D- divide yeah. his life up so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like you're like you're saying. If you're a golfer, I think you have a different perspective on that that entire thing. So I guess from being from California, I guess did that make you a Tiger guy because he was from California? Uh, no, you know, actually, uh, I think I'm more of a Tiger guy because he's just not like everybody else. You know, um, you know, I have maybe a kind of a California accent, a little nerdy uh, voice, but uh, I kind of I, I identify with Tiger a little bit from that standpoint. You know, you hear him talking, you know, you're thinking like he's a a black offer or an aging offer or something like that. And, you know, I think a lot of people look at me and don't really know what I am. Uh, I'm just, just to make it clear, I'm half white and half Mexican. <laughs> my dad's Mexican. I look just like my dad, but I sound just like my mom. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you, I'm glad you clear that up because I was just like, my wife's like, well, he is Latino. Right. And I'm like, uh, I don't, I, yeah, I, on the get, phone, I don't know. I said, you know what? I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you took it there before I did. I get I get Samoan, uh, Black, Filipino, uh, Tongan, <laughs> Hawaiian. Uh, yeah, I, I, I get the gambit, you know. Well, I used I used to teach history, and I'm I'm just a PE teacher and an athletic director now, and so I used to teach Don't history. Don't suggest that's that's an important job. <laughs> well, I like to think it is, and it's been so great coming back and being in school because I felt like a huge loss being in quarantine. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my family and I really enjoyed being with them and, and really getting into the game of golf, riding bikes, being outside and being home, cooking meals. And I do feel like I got several years back with them from the quarantine. But, um, as I'm back in school, like these kids, man, I I have some really bad days at school or or I'm not a morning person. You know, and these kids in class, like their curiosity, their, uh, their smiles, their, you know, their energy really lifts me up out of like some dark places. And I'm, I'm really, I'm one of these people that I'm really glad to be back in school. And I'm super thankful for the career that I've chosen because I, I feel like I don't work. I get to play games all day with the kids. And it's an honorable profession for sure. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, and, and being a history teacher, I would always tell the kids, I said, depending on what part of the country you're in, they think you're this race or that race. Cause I said, when <laughs> I was at, I was like, I was at Daytona beach. They thought I was, you know, like they thought I was freaking Cuban. Right. So sure. I'm in, I'm in New York. They think I'm Puerto Rican. Uh, you know, I'm in, uh, I'm in Utah. I'm in Salt Lake city, Utah in, in the grocery store. Some guy asked me what tribe I'm from, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> and then, you know, and I'm just like, like, come on, man. Or if I go to, I'm in Las Vegas and the dealer asks me, Oh, you're from Texas, right? Do you have a horse? And I'm like, like, come on man like like do i look like dude does my little ass look like i belong anywhere near a horse maybe a donkey maybe a boodle that's about it that's funny no uh that's you know the first time i i I came to texas i really expected you know tumbleweeds and (laughs) you know cactus and i had never been to san antonio i came out here for work uh 2000 and i was just shocked 
You know, it didn't look anything like expected. Uh, in fact, there's less, this is going to sound like a strange statement, but there are less Latinos here that speak Spanish than in California. Everybody speaks Spanish in California. You know, if you're, if you're there, maybe you're, you know, you're, you know, recently uh, crossed the border, but there are so many second, third, fourth generation Texans that sound like me. You know, and that's don't me speak right here. That's, that's me too, right there. I'm, I'm right with you. I'm right with you. Yeah. And, so and that, so, that's interesting. And so, it, it, in Tiger Woods, and uh, you know, in his diversity, uh, would you say that uh, golf has kind of uh, is growing towards a more diverse golfer? Maybe not necessarily a golfer uh, having a different different shade of color, but maybe where it's going more towards different genders, a different type of golfer where uh, they're younger. uh, They might not dress the same. They're people with maybe a little bit more loud clothing or more lax clothing. Would you say the golfer nowadays is just a lot more diverse? Oh, definitely. You know, specifically if you you take a look at the clientele, you know, if you go to San Pedro on any given night, you see the gambit. Uh, you see African-Americans, Asians, young, old, uh, you know, females, Latinos. I mean, it's, it's, it's a myriad of every potential color that you've got here in, in San Antonio is, is there at that facility and they're all taking advantage of golf. I, I do think the Tiger Woods had a lot to do with that. You know, um, I think, you know, from a outsider's perspective, you know, it, it looks like a, a, a rich uh, game for uh, older white guys. And that's definitely not the case. You know, especially if you go, you know, stand by um, uh, stand the clubhouse at, at Brack for a while, and you're going to see just a, a mix of San Antonio. It's going to be real representative of what San Antonio is. Um, and, uh, you know, golf is an individual sport. I mean, granted, you want to do it. You want to play it sometimes with your friends. But uh, it's you against the course. It's you against that ball. Uh, so it does have some some therapeutic uh, aspects to it. And I think that's attractive to people of all color and, and nationalities. For well, sure. well, we're getting to this subject a lot. This is the curveball I was going to throw at you. So, man, you okay. know, the curveball came up real quick. Would you, would you say that? Would you say that the, that the Alamo golf, the Alamo City Golf Trail, is doing enough to outreach towards that diverse golfer? Doing enough? Well, I mean, I think we're probably doing more than than. Uh, than others you know we we make it a focus if you look at uh uh the mix of uh course managers as a perfect example um we got african-americans uh latinos uh female um uh it just runs the gambit i think it's a real re- representative of 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 the of the population here in san antonio uh look at the management um you've got andrew peterson uh, who is from Nigeria. I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was no, like yeah. that's not the same guy. That's not the same guy. <laughs> so you got Andrew Peterson, you have myself, um, uh, Jesse Hodge, a PGA professional. He's our director of uh, golf operations, African-American. Uh, uh, Joe Nunez, our finance guy and a PGA professional. Uh, he's Latino, uh, like myself. Uh, Jake Snyman is from South Africa. Um, I kid with him. He's a, he's the only true African American that we've got, but that's not the case. More, more than Jesse, right? More than, more than Jesse. Jesse. He, he was more, he was more recently there. Um, but you know, Jake, uh, adds a, adds a flair, you know, he's, uh, uh, actually like I said, like from South Africa, but he spent time in the, in the UK. Uh, so, 
you know, he has a different perspective. And I think that, uh, you know, Andrew specifically does a, you know, a really good job of, of making sure that, uh, the, the staff is diverse. I mean, if you just take a look, I mean, we, we, we look like the population of the city. Yes. And that's what I, that's what I do love about San Antonio is that there, it is, you get, it's like, it is a melting pot of so many different cultures. And, sure. uh, even though it does have, a, it, it is deep in, you know, Hispanic and Mexican American flavor and roots. And, and I do, mm. and that's one thing i really do love about this city, but I do love that there, there's a lot of different people here. And again, sure. I think that's one of the biggest things that, that you, that especially you and the line of work that you're in, you have seen maybe that, there's been more diversity than ever on the golf course than in previous years. Oh, most definitely. You know, um, I think, uh, you know, we try to provide a, a welcoming environment for everybody, you know, you know, like I said, and, and, and that starts with the staff and understanding, um, you know, what the expectation is of, of the customers. You know, one of the good things about San Antonio and that adds to the diversity is, you know, it's military city USA. So a lot of people that are retiring here that are from all, you know, points of the, of the globe. And, uh, you know, they get into the military and they, you know, they make San Antonio their home. And I think it's, it's, it's great. And that really adds, uh, to the flair of what we've got here. It's, 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 it's very interesting to, you know, talk to everybody. I mean, you have a lot of uh, retired military on our staff, um, from course managers to our call center, uh, and, uh, work at the counter. So it's great. All right. Now let's get something. Let's get to a little bit lighter side of golf here. All right. What is your favorite course within the trail? <sighs> Depends on how I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I'm driving a straight, I love Cedar. Uh, if I'm crazy, then, you know, Willow calls to me, but uh, you know, I think um, Willow, I love probably, Willow. there's a picture yeah. of Willow right there. We're all waiting. Yeah. For, we're all waiting for these damn courses to get green again. Uh, they're getting green as we speak. Uh, the grass is definitely starting to grow. Uh, that pond on number two has uh, got my name on it. So, <laughs> oh, I, you, know. you know what? I haven't played since they put water back in there. I have not been out there, but uh, I, I, I normally, I nor, I'm normally in that ditch right before, right before, right under the bridge. That's normally where I am with my t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> right under the bridge. Well, you know, um, I think uh, that pond is. Uh, it, it adds a little something to it. It's got a fountain in it right now. So you'll be able to see it from the, you can see it from the tee box. Uh, it definitely changes your, uh, your approach shot on number 14, uh, coming back on the other side of that, uh, pond, but it was a welcome change. You know, I think, um, number two is difficult as it is, but uh, it gives you a little bit of aiming. You know, it's not like, um, if you hit it in that pond, you had a clear shot. You definitely want to avoid it for sure oh, now yeah. because it's, it's going to get wet, but, uh, it'll, it'll add, um, I think the more significant change on that hole is when uh, I think maybe 13, 14 months ago, a tree fell down in the windstorm that we had. Mm -hmm. And uh, that actually opened up that uh, hole quite a bit off the tee box. But that's another one. You got to pick the right tees to start with. If you can only hit it 225, don't play the blues. <laughs> well, I, I shot, I think I have one of my lowest, one of my lowest scores is there. I shot a 79 one time and, and still I didn't, I was in one of our Sunday groups and I still, I, I think only won like a couple of holes or whatever, a couple of dots. And it just seemed like, you know, I was getting covered on everything. Every damn good hole I had, I got it covered <laughs> on. Uh, and okay. And so you said Willow, uh, what is a course outside of the trail here in town that, that you like to play here in town? Uh, I'm a big fan of TPC, but you know, it's uh, uh, tough to get on. 
but it's extremely difficult. I like the uh, Oaks course. I'm not too, mu- too much of a fan of the Canyons course, but I really do like the Oaks course. Yeah, I like the finishing hole with a split fairway. It's really neat. Oh, yeah, man. That, that's tough. It, I, I love that hole. And, and it feels so weird to play it. Doesn't it feel weird to play it when the stadium, when the stands aren't up there? Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot more wide open. Uh, I, I think I don't think I could play golf. And thank God I don't play golf professionally. I don't think I would uh, want my mortgage depending on whether or not I made a putt. So, you know, these guys uh, bring it to a whole nother level. And you add in the fact that there's fans in the stadium and all sorts of stuff going on there. I don't think I could do it. I don't have the game, let alone uh, the, the patience or the, the ability to concentrate so hard. Well, I'm going to tell you, uh, for, for me, I, I really, I, I love the trail because I truly think the trail is, it's like a, it's like the working man's course here. It's like the everyday people's course uh, to where, you know, or courses, you know, to where they are municipal courses, there are city courses. And I really think y'all have done an awesome job these past several years, really building it back up. I'm sure you could tell from when you were a golfer and until we're, you know, now that you're employed by them, I think it seems like Andrew's really leading y'all, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say, cause it, anybody knows it's like a coach or a leader that it's not right. just one person that makes, that makes everything happen, but it does take some leadership and it does take some people to kind of hop on board and for, you know, for, for the team being all on the same page for it to grow. Cause I truly think y'all are growing leaps and bounds because you know what I say a year or two ago, people would say mission was in crappy shape. Or, uh, or like, you know, almost all sure. oh, the greens are horrible, but you know what, like now it's, it's really tough to say that because you know what, a lot of the greens are running true. They're running mm-hmm. good. And you know what, I, I think right now, especially that it's dormant season right now for the grass. Uh, I think the courses are kind of hard to grade. Like we were at Cedar on Friday and I was just like, man, this, I was like, the fairways beat up, you know, it's just, it's beat right, right. now. Well, you, you're adding a couple of things right now, specifically, um, not only we have a lot of play, but the single, you know, people playing with their own golf carts uh, by themselves is really add a lot of pressure, uh, a lot of compression to the golf course. So you add in uh, dormant um, at this time of year where the, gra- the Bermuda is dormant, you add double the number of golf carts that are on the, on the, on the trail. And uh, it's really, it's kind of beating up the courses. And then you add on the, you know, we're just getting that much more play. Um but, you know, the, the biggest concentration um, on the trail really is to have, you know, good tee boxes and good greens. And I think if you look at it from that perspective, you know, the, the weather is going to determine so much uh, of, the, uh, of the course conditions. Uh, but overall, across the trail, the greens are, have probably never looked this good. Uh, they're probably never rolled this true. Um, and that includes Mission, which at some point, you know, had a lot of uh, goosegrass on it and uh, weeds and uh, Dean and uh, the team down there has done an incredible job of getting that course up to up to speed. But, you know, I, I, I kind of look at it like I'm happy to be able to play golf in, in January. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll take uh, take what I can get at this point. I, I truly feel you there because I listen to some podcasts and they're from up North. They're from like Connecticut and New Jersey, New York area. And you know, they're talking about being this being the off season. And you know, we're here in Texas or South Texas. Like what, what off season, you know, like we don't, (laughs) we don't have an off season. It just might get a little bit cool, colder Uh, right here. I got Michael Sanchez played well last month. It was in pretty good shape. Greens were lightning fast. Why, why does every golfer say, Oh, the greens were lightning fast, but I loved it. Why, Why do, why do golfers say that? Uh, you know, 
I was just at Willow maybe uh, about three weeks ago, and I saw somebody literally five putt on number nine, and uh, because the green is so fast, he putted past the hole. Past five times. I hate, I, wait, I hate, I hate <laughs> where y'all have that damn pin placement on nine sometimes because if you don't get it high enough, <laughs> it's going to automatically start rolling back at you or rolling off of that that front ledge, man. Yeah. Uh, we won't go into that. <laughs> it was a, it was a tough, it was a tough position, but you know, um, I think that, uh, the, the speed of the greens, you know, it kind of adds a little, a little extra something to it when they're slow, when you've got to whack, you know, whack the ball with your putter, it really kind of has a little, uh, it's disappointing to say the least. You want to be able to hit the putt and, you know, basically have it roll true and, uh, across the trail, I think they're looking pretty good, but yeah, the greens are pretty quick at, at Willow. Right now. Dormant, dormant conditions going to make it a little firmer. I have Dennis, uh, ACGT member here. Been loving the trail and appreciate the work y'all put in. Oh, well, thank you, Dennis. We appreciate you guys being a, a customer. You know, I, I, I get a, we get a lot of positive comments. Uh, the positive comments definitely outweigh the, the negatives. We've got a lot. We, got, we have some always going to have some naysayers that aren't happy with their experience. But uh, I think uh, the vast majority of the golfers appreciate what we do. You know, we take all the profits and roll them back into the courses. Um, like almost a perfect example. That's a, that's a self-funded project uh, and things that we're going to do in the future. That's basically what we're, what we're in the business for. So we're a nonprofit. So when we make a, make a profit, we roll back into the courses. Well, here, I have a good question here. Uh, just sometimes these people, sometimes people have to log on and some people don't log on. So it doesn't give their sure. information or their name. It says, is there any plans for any new courses to be developed or what other existing courses are in the plans to be redone? Like almost without giving away too much information. You got to give, okay. you got to give my listeners, some viewers, something. We, we're all uh, about that Google. We're all about that juice. <laughs> 2022 to 2023, probably Riverside is on the, on the table uh, to get a redo uh, like almost. If you look at the, the conditions of the, of the courses, you know, uh, Riverside, the front nine was, uh, built in the twenties, uh, back nine, uh, in the sixties. Uh, but the, all the courses, Willow, uh, Northern Hills, um, even, uh, Mission Alaga to some extent and, uh, Cedar Creek, they basically were using uh, old technology for their, their bunker system. There's no drainage. Uh, a lot of people say, how can we just don't put sand in the, in the bunkers as an example, uh, there's no liners in these bunkers in the older bunkers and the sand will turn soon turned into dirt. Uh, so it's uh, one of those challenging situations that, you know, you really need to rebuild them from the ground up in order for them to stay good enough and just putting sand on them. is just not going to be good enough. So when you look at uh, the courses across the trail, uh, Riverside is uh, probably slated next to get uh, a full treatment and like to redo the, the bunker complexes and greens and the tees at that, at that course as well well i i'd really like to know uh whoever this whoever uh posted this question if they would please put their name on would they comment and put their name because this is a really dang good question if they would put their name on there uh the first and last name so i could know who they are because uh again we're going to be giving out four individual rounds of golf here at the end of the show so that's a that's a damn good question all right so now tell me favorite golf movie 10 cup <laughs> for sure uh, I don't know if sure. I don't know sure if it's because of the golf or Rene Russo, but you know, it's a toss up between the two <laughs> and she teaches in there too. So he's one of my favorite actors. <laughs> I, I, I love that movie. I, I've said it on here before. It's like, you know what? I, 
I sympathize with Romeo. Romeo's my man. I, I wouldn't be Kevin Costner because he's too good looking of a dude. But I said, you know what? I, I'm, I, I'm totally like a Romeo. I'm, I'm a real good uh, wingman. I'm a real good, uh, you know, second act. <laughs> I hear you. I, I feel the same way. If I could just break a couple clubs, that would be good too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I have a big idea for you, Ruben. You're the marketing guy. Okay. I said, you know what? Okay. I told this to Ray. I tried giving it to Ray. I said, Ray, I'm giving this to you. Do something yeah, with it. I, pen. I haven't, haven't heard anything yet. Okay, okay. Now tell me, you can tell me if I'm crazy because uh, you know, a lot of my friends think I'm crazy already. Now I have this big idea just cause I'm, t- I'm stealing it from another, uh, a, another show that they've they've had something similar to it and i think as as the trail having many different courses that belong you know in the same network that right. i think we're the only, or i say we you know be we the trail <laughs> i say uh, the city i think the trail is the only one that can accomplish this goal they okay. uh it is the iron man of or the iron man of golf or the the triathlon of golf and right. what it is is you start off at one course and uh, obviously you, you, you're playing with a partner or playing with a foursome and it's the same foursome and, or, you know, the same twosome, whatever. But you start off, at, let's say you start off at Mission. You play Mission, the first round. Then you go and you move on to, say, Riverside. You right. play a mid-afternoon round there. And then you finish up with the third round of golf at either at Brack or at Northern Hills, you know, somewhere along that line or even right. almost. And, uh, you know, it's the, it's the Ironman of golf. So make it like a competition or a race? It, it, it could be. No, not, not, a, not a race, but just uh, can you do it? Can you play three rounds in one day? Can you, you know, and obviously, you know, there might be some prizes here. Uh, and, and then, you know, some of the logistics was, hey, you got breakfast waiting for you in your carts. When you right. get to the second course, you got a box lunch waiting for you. And then after the third one, and that's what we're, I was thinking that it'd have to be at Mission or it'd have to be at Brack because, you know, you have the outside pavilions or you have, you know, uh, the new rocket g grill you know area that they're setting up there uh that you know to have like you know your dinner you know and it just i think it's a really good idea i think it's something that y'all could do because uh, y'all have that capability with the courses and then boom everything can be right there off of 281 you know or everything can be right there off of 37 and uh i know there's a lot of logistics that goes into it but uh i think that's something that I think they, that y'all could do. And I, I think it would be freaking awesome. Yeah, man. No, I, I actually, I, I like that uh, uh, quite a bit. You know, Travis Salkowski, uh, another PGA professional uh, that runs uh, the AGC amateur uh, tour series. I think that's like right up his alley. Um, I think that's something he definitely would get, get excited about. Maybe I'd put, you know, I'll put it on his, on his plate and, and see if he's interested in, in taking that on. I think uh, he knows how to run a tournament. He knows how to run a, an event. Uh, so that would actually kind of be a, a, a cool thing to throw into the mix of the amateur tour series is, is, uh, is, is running right now, you know, which obviously is a lot of different, uh, individual and team, uh, events around the trail. Um, but yeah, now that fits right in with this stuff for sure. Okay. Remember, and I okay. said, it, I said it, this is my idea. I said it here on the show. So we have, we have documentation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll get you a plug for sure. All right. And, um, also, Okay. One of the last things, what is one of the most things that you're proud of in your work that you've done with the trail? Um, hmm. I don't know. Uh, to be honest, I, I mean, I, I touch on so many different things. Um, 
uh, I, you know, Angie's been great at kind of give me a little bit of free reign. So I jump in where I, I, I can help. Uh, I'm kind of a nerd. So I do some it stuff. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe the website, cause most people get to see that, you know, and they, a lot of people touch that, you know, where you get upwards of, um, 140, 150 page views a month on the website. And, um, that's probably the biggest thing from the website, I'd say, because the most people get to touch it and it really kind of, um, it has the most information. I'm trying to, to get everything out there. It's, it's, uh, like I said, it's time consuming, but I think it's well worth the effort. Well, I do think that's something that you should be damn proud of yourself because like I stated earlier, I think a few years back, it was just, it was pretty plain and simple. And I think you've given people like me who like, to dig, who like to dig and, and search and, you know, look at pictures and, you know, have questions. You make it really user friendly and for like a, an idiot like me that can, that can find <laughs> things easily. I'm like, you know what, if it's, if it's, if it's easy and user-friendly for a guy like me, then shoot, I know other people must love it. It must be eating it up too. So you, you did, you really should be proud of yourself because that is something well, that you. I know that has really gone leaps and bounds from, you know, from previous years. I appreciate you saying that. All right. Now, do you have any questions for me? Anything? What's your favorite course on the trail? <laughs> I'd have to say Riverside. It is. And it it holds a lot of sentimental value. And if anybody's listened to the show, it's really in my earlier podcast. I have some of my friends because that's really what I started with. I started with just interviewing my friends, just trying to put content and get over the nerves and try to build and see how this podcast would go and how this thing would end up. It, It really goes back to nostalgia and when I had, when I had Matt Janella from the golf network on the show, Mm -hmm. uh, he played in so many, and I, and I drop his name and I say it because, you know, this is a guy that's played in Augusta. He's played, uh, he's played in Tasmania. He's played in Australia. He's played it. You know, he was the golf destination guy for sure. Right. He said that the most important thing out of all these rounds and everywhere he's played, it's not about where he's played. It's about who he's been with. And for me, that was Riverside because growing up, uh, I'm originally from Corpus Christi. So Mission wasn't around when, when, as I was growing up, uh, right. Pecan Valley was the first course that was open as you would come into town off of 37 or 281. And, you know, right. and, and Pecan Valley was a little bit uh, pricier of a course, right? Sure. And so Riverside was really the first course that you would come into town to. So that's where I'd go and, and I'd ride around with my dad and my uncles. Uh, the little bar that's right outside of it, I think it's uh, called Tea Time. Uh, they would yeah. push, you know, back in the day when I was little, they would push me over the top to go inside and get some beers <laughs> and bring them back over. And uh, I always remember, I, I'm trying to think if it's the whole, I think if, if it's 11 or I think it's 12 where you can see the you can see the needle the hemisphere needle mm-hmm. uh from the tea box right. and uh you know that course is just it, it's in the heart it's it's in the heart of you know the vadio of kind of a, a part of town sure. and corpus that I grew up in it makes me feel at home uh it's got the river going through it uh the you know it's got a river going through it and it's just it, it's got a lot of nostalgia and I've had some of my best memories there. I played with my buddy Jacob there. We played in freezing. I mean, it was 20 degrees. It was raining and you wow. know, we still went out there and it just, that that's a course that it, it really holds. It, it has a lot of my heart. No, I, I totally understand. Uh, you know, it's, it's about the memories you have there. You know, Riverside is probably the most fun course on the trail. When I get to Riverside, I'm very, very comfortable because I kind of know, where I'm going to hit every ball, 
Uh, it's uh, not a whole lot of trouble. I mean, granted that they do have the pond now on uh, on five that kind of reaches, but um, yeah, I, I like I like Riverside a lot. You know, we did um, some work with a golf consultant about a year ago, uh, and uh, we tried to figure out like basically like what is most important uh, when it comes to uh, getting people to go to a golf course. And I mean, this is going to sound strange, but you know, Riverside is actually from the whites. It's probably the easiest course that we've got on the trail, but that doesn't mean that it's not challenging. That means that it's um, it's, it's, it's the right combination of distance and, and difficulty and people really like it. It's, it's one of the most popular courses we've got, you know, it's second to, to almost believe it or not uh, from sheer number of, of, of players. But Riverside is definitely uh, probably right up there uh, from a front standpoint um, of all the courses we've got. Definitely the most most interesting layout with the two different nines, two separate nines, like two different courses. It, it, it totally is. And you know what? I, I think I think a lot has to do with uh, I, I really feel at home there. I, I yeah. feel at home and it brings me back. And and I guess when we're out there and we're out there by ourselves or out there with our buddies or out there with our kids, you know, we're just – isn't that what we're trying to, we're just trying to get something back, right? We're just, we're trying to get some of that, some of that, some of our childhood back. And, and, uh, it, it's, a, it's a great feeling. I think, uh, playing there with my dad and being around there with my uncles and, and having a beer with them there and reminiscing, it's just, it always makes it that more special. It, it, it truly does. And to hear that, that, that some updates and some remodeling is going to take place on that course. It makes me feel good because you know what it does kind of hurt sometimes when you see that, Hey, that some of that grass isn't growing under those big, huge trees, you know? Right. And, uh, it is, it's a scenic course. And I'm glad, I'm glad to hear you say that, that you have an appreciation for it. Just like I do. No, I, I look back at, uh, you know, like my, my handicapping, I keep records of all, all the, all the, uh, scores I've gotten. I've played Riverside the most even though it may not be like, you know, I, I like, I like Willow a lot, but uh, I played Riverside the most. Uh, and then maybe because it's, it's, it's quick and easy. Uh, uh, at least it used to be it's packed now, <laughs> but you know, a few years ago it was really easy to get on and get around the course pretty quickly. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a very fun course. I feel very relaxed when I'm there. You know, I feel like I'm in a little oasis for sure. Now I have a good question right here, uh, from yes. Gil. Any chance of bringing back the $25 buddy pass for the level two membership? Hmm. You know, I hadn't even heard of that. I, uh, I didn't either. I haven't heard of that either. You need I'll write it down and ask. There you go. Look at that, Gil. Boom. So, there you go. So what was, what was it? Did, I wonder what it consisted of. Uh, just uh, bring a friend kind of thing. I, I'm not too sure. So, you know, it may, like, Hey, do a little bit of research. <laughs> and if you get back to me, I'll post it on my site. I'll post it on my Facebook page, you know, just so we can have, that question answered because that that's a good thing. I, I'm, I'm curious about that too. I've got it down right now. All right. Last thing. Who would, who are you playing your last round of golf with? Oh, well, it'd be impossible. Uh, my family, I, I grew up golfing with my family, everything we used to do vacation wise, uh, all surrounded. Like, is there a golf course, uh, available at least, uh, <laughs> so, you know, uh, if I, my, my brother and my, uh, father have uh, both passed, but if I could play around it off with them, that would be, that would be the ultimate. If I could turn back the time, hands the time, that'd be awesome. Well, that's what I want to hear. Cause you know what, that, that, that's what that question's for. It just, I, I had, I had one of the top pro, one of the top teaching instructors in the state of Texas. His name is Carlos Brown. He's out of uh, Hackberry Creek in Irving, Texas. Right. And he told me about one, uh, his favorite golf memory is that 
they were on a course and that he had like all his aunts, uncles, his grandma, his everybody out there. Right. And I was just, I'm over here thinking like from a logistics point of view, I said, damn, man, you know, you're not getting run off the court. Where are the marshals at this time? And, <laughs> and, but, but, you know, you know, he says that as it being his best memory, because, you know, his, his family's there, everybody that he loves is, was there with right. him. And that's awesome. You know, that, 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 is, that is something great to hear that, you know, that you're going to be, you would be out with there with your dad and with your brother or with your uncle and uh favorite golf memory. <laughs> uh, playing in uh, uh, Los Cabos with my family, uh, my wife, before we had kids, uh, my mom <laughs> and dad, my brother, you know, my sister-in-law, everybody was there and we were playing right there on the ocean. And uh, 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 at the Hacienda del Mar, um, uh, resort there basically the, the course is a Cabo del Sol Cabo it's, del Sol uh, I played there I played there uh, it's awesome so mm-hmm. you know my my dying wish is to be cremated split up into 18 <laughs> bits and dumped on that course <laughs> yes yeah. yes yes yeah. I, 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 I love desert golf yeah no absolutely beautiful uh you know you really uh I, I wish I could go back when I close my eyes I'm there now so it's a beautiful place but uh, yeah that's my the best golf memory, family golf. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, hey, that's freaking awesome, man. I love I, that. That's like my, that's, I say that's like my second home. I, I got a guy over there that, Hey, that gets me. Hey, if I want to get on the boat, if I want to get an umbrella <laughs> on the beach, spot on the beach, that's my guy. He wants to get me on the course. I have a guy over there and I, I keep telling my wife, she always wants to go to different parts of Mexico. We've been to Cancun. We've been to Isla Mujeres, uh, Puerto Vallarta, you know, like all different. And I said, no, I want to go back to Cabo because <laughs> I have a guy, you know, I have I a guy. Have a guy. <laughs> Yeah, Kyle is a special place for sure. Yeah, well, no, well, I thank, love that place. Well, thank you, Ruben, for being on the show. Uh, if you wouldn't mind just staying on just for a little bit uh, as I close off real here, I really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so much to everybody that responded today. And I thank you uh, again for just uh, for being open with us and for you know shedding some light on it. On, on you because like i stated you, you kind of do lurk in the shadows you you know you're there keeping score uh you're there you're behind the pictures you're behind the post and it's nice to put a you know a face and a voice to all those pictures as, as nerdy as it is thank you i appreciate that <laughs> thanks to ruben for being on the show i really appreciate his insight into the alamo city golf trail and thanks for y'all support thanks for tuning in please continue to support the podcast Please subscribe, rate, leave a review. I'm on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Make sure if you do any post, hashtag nothing is OB, hashtag nothing OB golf. Remember, in the game of life, nothing is OB.